0: it's Melissa Moore and welcome to Mile High Magazine. Thank you for joining us on the Sunday. Well, March is Women's History Month and we are kicking things off talking with Historic Denver's Molly Brown House Museum Director, Andrea Malcolm. Andrea, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me today. Well, thank you for being here. What a huge month and let's talk a little bit about Molly Brown. I mean, for folks that maybe are not familiar, tell us about Molly Brown. Who was she?
1: Absolutely. So, our Miss Brown was this woman who moved here to Colorado when she was in her late teens, uh, wound up marrying a man named James Joseph Brown, who would, uh, within a few years of their marriage, wind up helping to orchestrate one of the largest gold strikes in North American history, let alone Colorado history. Wow. So that tremendous gold strike allowed them to move here to Denver from Leadville, where they had found the gold, and uh, purchase this wonderful home in Capitol Hill. Um, and then use that privilege to be able to help build Denver and make it the city we know and love today. So helped build the, the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception, St. Joseph's Hospital, places like that that are around our city still today. Um, she was also this tremendous sort of egalitarian and philanthropist, and she believed that women should have equal rights to men, should be able to own businesses and run for office. She was a suffragist um, and a labor rights activist. So was able to use her privilege to Help people here in Denver. I love that. And she wasn't really called Molly, was she? She was not. Molly was actually a name given to her after she passed away in 1932. So um, she let, lived this tremendous life, including surviving the sinking of the Titanic disaster, where she was named the heroine of the Titanic for her effort to help all of the survivors. Um, But after she passed away, there were stories written about her that started to make up things about her life. And then that included changing her name to Molly instead of Margaret or Mrs. J.J. Brown. That is incredible that
0: that happened after her death.
1: It just goes to show you what can happen when you can't. uh, Mrs. Brown always said there's no such thing as bad publicity. So I think she might appreciate that You know, it was Molly Brown that became a play and that became a Movie, and right. then that's what helped preserve her Denver home. Um, so I think she'd be happy to know that all of this had happened.
0: But yes, it's a strange little twist of fate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, tell me her story about ending up on the Titanic.
1: So she was traveling with her daughter in Egypt. They were also traveling with John Jacob and Madeline Astor, sort of New York socialite at the time. Um, and she came back to Paris with her daughter and was coming home to the United States um, so that she could uh, see her grandson um, and also travel on this amazing ship that's making its maiden voyage. Um, so, of course, we know several nights into the Titanic voyage. It strikes an iceberg. The ship that was supposed to be brand new and unsinkable, unfortunately, takes on too much water and does things. They have to load passengers onto lifeboats, but they don't have enough lifeboats. They don't have enough life baths. They didn't even do life-saving you know, saving drills or mm-hmm. anything like that. So um, they managed to get only about a third of the passengers and crew onto lifeboats. Mrs. Brown, who spoke five languages, was able to help translate and speak for the women and children who were the The survivors from second and third class who had probably lost their husbands, Mm -hmm. their brothers, their sons, um, and then she raised money. So by the time they got to New York City a couple days later, she'd already helped raise over $10,000 to distribute to the passengers um, and also make sure that they were connected with family or places to go um, and taken care of upon their
0: arrival in the United States. What did she write? What did she say as far as her personal memories from that voyage? Yeah, She said, first of all, she was just so thankful that her daughter, Helen,
1: had decided to stay behind in Paris and not come with her. Because then she wasn't worried about her daughter. She could just focus on taking care of other people. Um, But her main message in the aftermath of the Titanic was, you know, women demand equal rights on land. Why not at sea? Why do we have these sort of archaic rules that say that men must go down with the ship? she saw families torn apart, mothers having to, you know, say goodbye to their 12-year-old sons who were said, you're a man, you have to stay behind with the ship. So she saw the devastation and, and, and loss of these families and said, we need to change maritime laws and sort of these unspoken rules that say only women and children can get on lifeboats. You know, she was very much in into a women's equality and, you know, thought that, you know, women should have the right to either stay behind or, you know, that, you know, sons should be able to get on lifeboats and that women should be able to vote and, you know, run businesses. And she just saw everyone as equals.
0: Well, and the interesting part of that story, I think some people, especially younger generation, may not realize that that was part of maritime law. That wasn't just a chivalry thing by any means. Yeah,
1: yep, it was. You, you stayed behind if you were a, a boy older than about 12. And certainly if you were. Man and the crew members, and of course Captain Roster, and he was the captain. And he had to bravely go down with the ship as well. So right. it's one of those disasters that sticks with us a hundred and you know thirteen years later, because you know we you know we want to put ourselves in in Mrs. Brown's shoes or in someone else's shoes in the disaster and think about what would I have done in that moment. Sure, you know?
0: sure. And was she always kind of forefront a, a thinker as far as women's rights and championing those less fortunate?
1: Yeah, so we like to talk about how Margaret is both sort of representative of a whole class of women from that time period who had sort of the ability and the privilege to be able to, you know, speak out, to to push reforms, whether it's, you know, health care, food reforms, you know, labor reforms, voting rights, things like that. Um, And then where she's extraordinary, and I think where she's extraordinary is she really just had this fundamental belief in equality that... She was able to look at any issue, any headline, and say, here's where we could have done this differently if we would have seen you know, these immigrant workers as equals. you know, so she really was this egalitarian that I think makes her extraordinary uh, for her time.
0: Yeah, it really does. I mean, she was, she was so ahead of her time when you think about what she was championing back then.
1: Yep, yep absolutely. And that's why we love, you know, Women's History Month, because it really gives us an opportunity to you know, take the stories of Margaret's time, the issues that she was tackling in her time, and then look at what are we dealing with today, you know, as women, as, as, as humans, as Americans, and how can we maybe learn from, you know, the lessons of the past, or how can we take Margaret's activism and sort of use it for our own sort of inspiration and strength, so that we can, you know, make our city and our in our
0: country a better place today. Right. So, tell me a little bit about the Molly Brown Museum. How did it come to be here in Denver? Yeah.
1: So our house was actually um, being run as a men's only boarding house. Uh, so on Capitol Hill, that was sort of code for a safe place for LGBTQ um, people to live. Um, and the owner at the time, Art Lies and Ring, he wanted to sort of sell it and move on, but he knew this house had this great history and this great connection. Um, and he didn't want that to get lost. So he helped rally a bunch of Denver citizens. Um, they formed this grassroots organization called Historic Denver. And the first building, uh, sort of, they went on to preserve was this house known as the Molly Brown House Museum, mostly because the Debbie Reynolds movie had just come out a few years before, it was a blockbuster. So that connection was made. Um, so then we've been uh, a museum for over 53 years. And then uh, Historic Denver has gone on to help save and preserve, you know, hundreds of great structures around the city that tell our story, that say, this is who we are as Denverites. This is who come and lived here. So. Um, If you come and visit the Molly Brown House Museum, you get to learn Mrs. Brown's fabulous story, learn about others here in Denver, learn about her time period, um, and hear all these great stories from the Titanic.
0: And you get to see this beautiful Capitol Hill mansion.
1: Absolutely, and we just did over a million dollars in restoration a few years ago, and we have a couple new exhibits that have just opened. There will be openings, so there's always something new to see, whether you've been here before or not.
0: So you said you just did over a million dollars in renovations. So what can people expect? What are they going to see when they come to the Molly Brown House Museum? Well, first off, you've seen her beautiful Capitol
1: Hill home, which we've been able to restore all the windows and doors, clean the exterior masonry, do repainting. And then when you travel through her home, you really get to get a sense of what the house looked like when she lived here. You get to see some of her, her things, you know, their furniture, their, their art, um, her jewelry and some of her clothes. Um, and then you get to learn, again, that fabulous story um, and that inspirational story that, that connects Mrs. Brown Um, do us today. And so we have guided tours or self-guided exploration of the house. So you can sort of choose how you want to experience your home. Uh, We also have translations and audio guides available in English and Spanish. Um, and so it's a great way to come bring the family and learn about some great
0: Denver history. And for people who are big fans of Titanic and that history, is there an area, do you have things regarding her trip on the Titanic?
1: We do. We have a special exhibit um, that is in the house about her Titanic experience and really looking at sort of wondering what are the myths about the Titanic story? Did, you know, what song was the band playing when the ship sank? And, you know, did Mrs. Brown fire a gun in her lifeboat, you know, sort of busting those myths of the Titanic? So we can really understand and appreciate the the facts of the story. Um, So that's one exhibit that you get to see when you're in the house. We have great interactives and family friendly things to to do while you're in the house. Um, And then from Women's History Month for the month of March, we have some great tours called Women in the Gilded Age. We get to really learn about what it was like to be a woman in Margaret Brown's time and sort of how that set the stage for what it means to be a, a woman today.
0: Exciting. What are some of the things that surprised you that you learned about women during that time? I think what's, what's,
1: you know, Mrs. Brown always said, women are tired of being put on a pedestal. You know, women especially, she grew up as a poor young Irish girl, you know, the daughter of immigrants. And then through this extraordinary gold find, found herself in a social class she had never expected to find herself in. Um, so I think she was able to see the world and see womanhood from many different angles, you know, having been in those different social classes. And I think I think what, what I appreciate most is that that really humanized her. She was mm-hmm. able to, you know, connect with and talk to so many different people because she had that varying background.
0: Right, right. Very true. Tell me about your event coming up here on March 16th.
1: Yeah, so we have um some great Titanic events with April being sort of the month of Titanic. We have a 1340 pen Titanic escape room where you get to sort of travel back in time, if you will, and be a passenger on the ship. And then you work your way through our house, uh, solving clues so that you, too, can survive the Titanic. Um, it's always a, sort of a fun way to explore the house and get to know the Titanic story. And then in April, we have another event coming up called Titanic Memory. And that is where you get to, uh, sort of explore the house and then think about the house as different rooms or different stages for theater. And we have actors who will portray different Titanic survivors. You get to know the people who are on the ship in this Mm -hmm. really great theatrical way where we have local actors who who take on the role of those on the
0: ship. And for somebody maybe that's new to Denver or maybe they've lived here their entire life and they've never been to the Molly Brown House Museum, tell me why. Tell them why they should come and check it out.
1: I think this is just a great piece of Denver history that connects to you know, the larger um, history of our country, um, and and sort of the Titanic history. And you really get to appreciate Denver's past and the people that helped build our city. Um, You get to be inspired by the story of this woman who was fearless, who who didn't sort of take no for an answer, and who really helped affect, I think, great change that we benefit from today. So, and we always have something new. So, if you've lived here in Denver your whole life, um, and have, think you've been here before, come again because we have something new. And if you haven't been here before, it's a great way to learn about Denver's hat and hear this great
0: Absolutely. And for more information, uh, what
1: is the website? So we are mollybrown.org, and that's where you can get tickets to our upcoming events. You can uh, register for our mailing list. You be- can become a member And then you can also see what great school programs and outreach programs we have available for our teachers and young learners in the audience.
0: I was going to say, that's a huge thing that you do is working with the schools. We
1: do. So we serve uh, well over
0: 10,000 school kids a
1: year. We have um, several educators that spend the bulk of their time out in the classrooms in the community. Uh, And we also host um, homeschool days here at the museum. We have scout days. Um So a great way for kiddos learning uh, their Colorado history unit um, to get that story.
0: All right. And once again, more information at MollyBrown.org. Andrea Malcolm, thank you so much for your time today. Andrea Malcolm, the museum director for Denver's Molly Brown House Museum. We sure appreciate talking to you thank you. I'm Melissa Moore. It is Mile High Magazine. Thank you for your time on this Sunday. Hope you're having a great weekend. Go out, enjoy your Sunday. And if you want to listen to this episode or any other ones, just go to your radio station's website. I'll be back next Sunday. Have a great day. Be blessed and be kind to everyone.